The Avengers are under attack. Lord Kang, the target is locked. By a new foe. Fire. I am Kang, the Conqueror. I have come from the 41st century to deliver a message to Captain America. They will sacrifice what you doing? to save our world. Marvel, the Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Brand new next Sunday morning at 10, 9 central. Only on Disney XD. Yeah! And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go! I got nowhere else to go! I got nothing else. Hello everybody and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spitaro and I'm happy to uh, herald in the triumphant return of Dr. Bill Robinson. Hello! And during this episode I will be known as... Wiley Kyloki, much like our antagonist, I guess we could Pro- say, protagonist. protagonist. Well, it depends on your point of view now, doesn't it? No, he's the protagonist of the story. Protagonist does not necessarily correlate to hero. Pro- no, protagonist I is just your main character who's who you're following throughout the story. But there's variants, so we're following all of them. So and we'll, we will talk about them, and we will we will comment on our thoughts on them at some point. Uh, and we have our two Norse experts with us today, Mr. Gene Hendricks. What's up, Doc? <laughs> uh, not much. How you doing, Gene? I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, going to be interesting discussion. We shall just put it that way. I would agree. I think you're correct on that. Uh, and then we also have making a return to the show after a lengthy, after a too lengthy uh, absence, Mr. Tom Harris. Hello, everybody. Tom, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you for having me. And, I, and t- this week I am an alligator. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I, I have to say. And we love you for it. I have to say <laughs> alligator Loki was my favorite Loki. I just want to say that, you know, I really think they should do an animated alligator Loki and frog Thor show. If they, <laughs> if, if they want to make some money, that's what they need to do. If they want to get me to come back. On a regular basis, that's what they need to do. I wouldn't put it past them. Well, for what it's worth, I also got a kick out of uh, what the closed captioning titled Classic Loki. Uh, I was calling him Old Loki. Oh, no, that's no. Well, we're jumping ahead, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. We are. We are. So now we've all seen all six episodes of the Loki series. And I guess we could start off by giving just a general overview of what your impression was of it. And then we'll get into some specifics. Who, who wants to lead us off here? Uh, you know what? I'm going to step in. I'm going to throw okay. my head in. Well, I think in some spots it was just too long. And I say that because at some in some episodes I actually fell asleep and then had to back up and figure out, all right, where did I where did I drift off? And then, at, and in the last episode, I fell asleep and looked at the clock, and I'm like, oh, "How? What? Oh my God! There's still another 30 minutes left. Get to the point." But it had highlights. It had good moments too. So it was a, it was a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, um, to me, the best the best I almost said issue. Episode overall was the one with the Loki variants, with the one where they were at the end of time, or what? Well, not not at the end of time, but, but where where everybody that got pruned went. Episode I, me, five, I think. Right? Five, yeah, with Richard E. Grant as classic Loki and Alligator Loki and Kid Loki and President Loki. They all stole the show from 
our variant Loki, in my opinion. So it was a mixed bag, but we'll get into details. That's my, you know, hovering from up on high, looking at the whole reel at one time instead of the strip moment to moment. Uh, how about you? That's you from you Odin's high seat, <laughs> in other words. Uh, I didn't fall asleep watching it, uh, luckily, but then again, I only watched it this week because <laughs> I really – I haven't been enthused by it. I mean, WandaVision, oh, that looks interesting. Let's see what they do. Well, Cap, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, wonderful. Love those characters. Let's see how it goes. Loki, it's like – uh, I don't know. Uh, and that's that's a personal thing. I fully admit that as a personal thing just due to the religion, because Loki is the impetus for the end of all things. So I kind of have a hard time getting behind him, even as a protagonist, because like in in the first episode. When he's being shown the 3D film and everything. Uh, he's, uh, oh, you know, his, his mother died, and he starts to tear up. All I could think is, oh, is the poor mass murderer missing his mommy? Good. <laughs> <sighs> so, But, yeah, like Bill said, there were some very good moments. Uh, one moment, in fact, in Episode 5, I actually had to pause it, go in, get my trade paperback out, <laughs> Bring in the living room, show my wife and daughter, ah, T365, Thor, issue 365, flip, flip, flip. Look at that picture. Yep, frog Thor. Yep. When you got the hammer back. Frog, yeah. So, overall, it was, at best, in my opinion, all right. Some very good moments and some moments where I just said, I don't care. Which is not what you want your viewer to say, really. Tom? I, I think um, <clears throat> I, I agree to, to a lot of extent with what both both Bill and Gene have said, um, but not entirely. Um, I, I didn't fall asleep during it, and I wasn't bored during it. Uh, I thought that they had a, a really good idea that wasn't particularly well well executed. The, I think that I, maybe I'd gotten my hopes up too high, and, and that's always a mistake for, for Marvel, especially where anything involving Asgardians is concerned. Um, you know, because I, I haven't been excited about a, an Asgardian project in the Mar- in Marvel Cinematic Universe since the first Thor movie. Um, but I always hope for the best. And from the previews, I thought we were going to get something very different than ultimately what we got. And I understand that this is connected in with uh, you know some stories that were actually published that I didn't read, um, but I think that that if if anything else, this proves that there is no idea in the Marvel universe that's too dumb for somebody to pick up and run with it and try to make a go of it for for better or worse. Because I mean this a lot of this came out of uh, you know a Walt Simonson issue of Thor number three seventy one which is one that, that I covered on my show in episode 76 for anybody who's, who's paying attention. Um, it's, you know, and it was a bad two-issue story. I mean, it was a really awful two-issue story. And that somebody took this really bad two-issue story and picked it up and, and turned the, the TVA into something that wasn't completely horrible it is actually pretty impressive in, in some respects. I'm just really glad they didn't put justice peace into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. You remember the story. Yes, uh, I do. And, but what was interesting is that they actually, you know, some of the design elements, uh, including like the, the uniforms of the TVA agents um, actually do call back to that original design I believe Simonson did the original design. It was a parody of Judge Dredd, and it was um, altered later. I mean, the, the character reappeared in, in comics I didn't read later on. But I think that, that Marvel kind of lost an opportunity here because they could have made this a lot more fun than it was. Instead, we kind of got this Terry Gilliam-ish 
um, dystopia world that really those scenes in the TVA dragged on for way, way, way too long. We should have had more, more, uh, you know, jumping from one place to another. And the endless conversations were the, probably the, my least favorite part of it. <laughs> um, unfortunately, there's a lot of endless conversations in the series. Okay. That's all, all fair. And, uh, I have to say, I, I can't say I really seriously disagree with any of you. I think I may have enjoyed it the most of the four of us, but that isn't necessarily a glowing tribute to it either. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it for the most part, but I found there were parts of it that were just kind of a little muddled, uh, just moving on and on and on. I think that, you know, anytime you're dealing with a time travel type you know scenario that they're creating here uh you know there, there's definitely some confusion that kind of plays with it or you know either confusion or contradictions or paradox uh and i think they just tend to sweep by those without even really trying to consider them that much and ultimately after watching the last episode i walked away with the feeling of what we're seeing here is less of a series to enjoy on its own and more trying to lay some groundwork for what we're going to see in, in the next phase of the Marvel movies uh, with, you know, I guess the first part being Dr. Strange multiverse of madness. And then there's going to be apparently some things going on in the Spider-Man movie that's going to be coming out as well as the uh, next Ant-Man movie that's coming out all having to do with multiverse and time travel type things. So I think before I can, I, I think ultimately I, I'm going to end up having to give this an incomplete because I think when we've seen those movies and where they're leading us to, uh, and I assume there's an even grander plan than what we, uh, you know, what we already know the layout of. Uh, but I think, you know, once we see all of that, we'll see if they, you know, if, if they, put together something that's cohesive and, you know, a, a viable threat and entertaining movies, or if they're going to just kind of fall flat with, uh, you know, a, a confusing muddled multiverse time travel type story that that's going to leave everybody finally saying, you know, okay, Marvel did great up until they did X, Y, Z, you know, I don't know. So I, I think, you know, to some extent, my grade is incomplete at this time. Uh, but just viewing this from a six episode series, uh, I did, I was entertained by it, but no question in my mind of the three Disney series that we've had so far, this is coming in number third of the three. I can't disagree there. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think I think that the, the, they have a, a big problem that, that that they basically, you know, they, they set out this this grand idea that it's not a bad idea and i think that done right it could have been a lot of fun but basically an alligator has stolen the attention of everybody what <laughs> does that what does that say about your project um you know if if that happens i mean i get it with you know with the mandalorian i mean i, I they knew that that baby yoda was going to be you know what got people to watch the show and i don't think that they intended for the alligator to take over people's attention like it did um I think that I think you're right in, in saying that this is going to be part of kind of the transition between what has come before in the MCU and what's coming in the next phase of the MCU. But I think a lot of it is going to depend on what they do in Loki season two, which is going to have to set the stage for, for what comes later, because multiple as, as anybody who's read DC comics in the last you know, 40 years is known when you, when you start messing around with timelines and multiple earths and you know, bringing them into existence and getting rid of them, it, it creates a lot of mess. So in order for the mainstream movie audience, I'm not saying that the mainstream movie audience is simple or anything, but in order for them to be able to follow what's going on, they're going to have to simplify it somewhat. Um, and you know, have a, you know, a very well-defined problem that our, our heroes have to solve. And right now we don't have that. Maybe that was their intention and maybe it wasn't, but I guess we'll see. Mm -hmm. 
Now, I'm, I'm going to go right to what I consider to be the most important thing to walk away from this with. If, in fact, we're accurate on our thoughts that the character introduced to us in the final episode is Kang slash Immortus slash uh, Ramatut. Uh, and if that is the case, the biggest thing for me is not so much the casting, because as far as I know, this, this might be a fine actor, uh, as the portrayal. Uh, they portrayed him as, as a little silly uh, and a little, you know, not that he wasn't powerful enough or, or someone who had enough uh, behind him to become a threat, but he just didn't have the gravitas that you expect from, you know, what could ultimately be Kang the Conqueror. Now, well, that, if, that said, it could be a matter of uh, him being a variant and that now that this time stream has been uh, freed, we might get a version of him in the, I believe he's going to be appearing in the Ant-Man movie, we might get a version of him that's far more threatening and, uh, you know, I expect Kang to have almost a, uh, a, a demeanor like Dr. Doom. I don't expect him to be sitting there giggling like a schoolgirl. Yeah. I, I think you hit it right on the head. Um, I, I think that the, this version of Kang was deliberately silly, um, and I, I think that's part of their plan. Uh, because remember the, the, what he was saying in, in episode six about, you know, you kill me and there's going to be millions more of me, and they're all a lot nastier than I am. So I have a feeling that, that what we're going to see is is a very much nastier version of the same well, the same actor playing a different role, but still being, you know, this version of Kang. And I think that that's there. Are, there are some things that this, this series did well, and I think that that's one of them. I think that, uh, you yeah, what we're going to get is not going to be that character in future films. Yeah, I think what he was the what we saw portrayed in the last episode was actually Immortus because he's alone right. at the end of time, knows all this stuff. And but he still didn't give off the aloofness he, or the like. Paul said the gravitas yeah. of Amortis. He yeah, seemed I, even he while, seemed, you know, he seemed Amortis, like he had been alone too long. Really. While, while Amortis is less threatening than Kang as a character, as even the way he's portrayed in the comics, he is regal and has a regal bearing about him that right. uh, that we didn't see from this character. Uh, I just got a text from Scott because I know Scott and I had talked about this uh, this past weekend because we went and hit up uh, a comic store and a few other places. And so I just asked him, did you want to say anything? And, and, and he said, just that Kang was a huge disappointment, and I hope that actor, whom I like a lot, doesn't play him all goofy like that when we see him again, which is pretty much what we just said as well. Yeah, yeah right. I, and I, I if, think if we're all in agreement. At- if you look at the very, very end when Loki looks up and sees the statue, I think that's the statue of Kang, Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. And that's where he gets more serious and menacing and, and whatnot. So they probably just overcorrected in, well, we know he's going to be this way over here, so we have to go the complete opposite mm-hmm. and make him silly so that you he looks even more different later on. And it, it, was, it didn't work. The way they wanted it to, I don't think. I, w- I would have liked for them to give us a flash of Kang with the, you know, with the mask. Not he, right. he doesn't have to be portrayed that way. Uh, I, I can't imagine that they ever will portray him on a regular basis in in the movies that way. But I would just, I'd like to get a flash of it, like some sort of battle armor or something that he has, uh, and that we get to see that at some point because that's the way we were introduced to him. In the Marvel Universe, in fact, I don't think we saw Kang without his mask on. Uh, I, I don't know how far into the uh, the Marvel, you know, pantheon we got before we saw him without a mask. I'm thinking, you know, the character existed for 30 or 40 years before we were shown without a mask on. Well, unless you count him being Ramatut, and then he had no, no mask. Well, but... I mean, Kang. <laughs> Not Ramatut, not Immortus. In, in the purple Kang. and green, without a mask. Yes. Not the, not the, not the silver, what was it, the silver, no, the scarlet. Scarlet Centurion. Centurion, yeah, Ramatut. Well, not Dr. Doom. Yeah, there's, it's it's very convoluted. There is one point where they try and 
link him to Doctor Doom, but I don't think they ever say that that, yeah. that was one of his identities. Uh, well, but you they... know, if you think of how how Kang was introduced in the comics, if you're all familiar with that, you know, when he showed up in the Avengers on his his floating invisible uh, couch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avengers? <laughs> oh, never read him. <laughs> yeah, I, I figure you might have some familiarity with that. Uh, but, you know, he was not presented as being uh, quite as big of a uh, of a threat or, you know, as... No, as... for years he was just a chump. I mean, he always had these grandiose ideas and he could never take over the 20th century. The, the Avengers and the heroes always stopped him and always kicked his butt out. Well, now we're in the 21st century. Uh-oh! <laughs> <laughs> Watch out! Gang's going to get you. But they did pull a lot of uh, – like the TVA is expanded upon Walt si- in Walt Simonson's run on the Fantastic Four. And also the Timekeepers, if I remember, it was through – I don't think they were in- introduced, but a lot of their plot lines were wrapped up in the What If series, the Volume 2. There was like – it was called Timequake. And the you know the three who sit above whatever were involved in that, and I think they found out that Amortis was working for them. That's why this is a little different. He is the one, you know. There mm. are no real timekeepers, so it's things are changed a little bit. But but you know, I said I fell asleep, but maybe it's because I came because this was released on Wednesday, so it's the middle of the work week. So I get home, I sit down. I've been at work all day. I sit down in a chair and I'm watching it, you know, and then, and a lot of those lengthy talkie talkie sections. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? <laughs> what? And, and I, I found myself, you know, kind of drifting the first time I, I watched it, to be fair. Um, and so I rewatched it this week and, you know, in anticipation of recording the show. The, and I think that, that on second viewing, there are things that make more sense. And I think that, Having having done that second viewing made me like the show more than I liked it before. So it could be one of those things that that if you're watching it again with an eye on, for example, doing a doing a review of it on a podcast, then you might notice a few more things that they did well, a couple things that they you know they could have done differently. Um, getting back to the um, you know the portrayal of Kang, if you if you want him portrayed. As he appeared in the comics, first of all, we know that that's not really going to happen because they don't ever do that. But at least they could give us a Chuck E. Cheese guy like they had for the timekeepers. <laughs> um, because that was, uh, yeah, the, 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 be, be fair, that was one of my favorite parts of the thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Tom. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that he could have done differently. And see, see if you have the same opinion I do. Uh, Sylvie, the I don't call me Loki. I renamed myself character, etc. Right. You're the <laughs> I actually I think they should have called her Sigin, which is the After name Loki's of wife? Loki's wife. They get together, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but if she's Loki and she she might have a Sigin of her own, you know. Um, but he doesn't. That's the thing. I mean, this, no, this would no. be a way to work that in and say, oh, well, obviously, like Owen Wilson said, you know, you fell for yourself. What a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it is it masturbation? Uh, yeah, that's, that's one of those one of those tricky questions there. Uh, I don't know. I have to watch. I have to watch that. Rewatch the episode of Red Dwarf where Lister gets with himself in the alternate universe. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> it brings to, brings to mind also a novel that I read when when I was probably a little bit too young to read it called The Man Who Folded Himself, um, because he ended up having sex with himself like multiple hundreds of times in the novel. <laughs> that that kind of thing happens in time travel stories. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I, no, I it, it wouldn't make sense that they would they would have her call herself Sigin, but it 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 makes sense for that character that he would be attracted to himself. And I thought, actually, I think that's one of their more successful things that they did. Loki has always been that character who, you know, even traditionally in the, in the mythology that the, the audience kind of, th- ew, ick, you know, yeah. there, there, there is that little bit of, of, uh, of grossness about the character that the comics never really played up. And having this happen in the series, actually, I think is, 
is a good point. I think I think that's one of the good things that they did. And I don't want to make it seem as though I didn't enjoy the series because I I did enjoy Loki. Um, I'm actually kind of curious where they're going to go from here, and I'm not sure that they've really figured that out themselves yet. But I think that there's a lot of missed opportunities here, and the the um, rehabilitation of Loki is is not something that that we haven't seen before. I mean, we saw it in the comics. We saw it especially during the Simonson run on Thor when he went from the sneering Loki, uh, you know, the 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 classic Loki, uh, if you prefer, and and made him into a a somewhat more sympathetic character. So I don't think that's completely out of character for the comics. Like talking about the original war, it's a whole another question, which I I personally don't I don't even try to equate the two because to me that's it's not even the same same thing. Right, I I agree. It's not the same thing, and that's why I said at the beginning. It's it is purely a personal thing. Right. Whereas, like, if um, look at it this way: if a devout Catholic, for example, was told, "Hey, you know that Satan guy? We're making him the uh, the quirky, sympathetic lead character of a TV show. Aren't you excited for that?" Well, <laughs> well there is you'll Lucifer. Be watching Lucifer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. I mean, say, you probably there are probably a bunch of Catholics out there that look at Lucifer and say, "No, it's not how it works." Oh, I can only imagine. Mm. Well, this this and and this is not meant as a dig on Eugene, but there's people out there who are looking to be offended by everything. Right, uh, I agree. Know, so, uh, you know, I guarantee you, you'll find somebody who could be offended by it. Now, you have. A legitimate background where I can at least understand your, and it doesn't sound like you're offended by it so much as no. you're saying it's not, it's not you know, not necessarily yeah, designed for you. Um, yeah, and I, if if other people enjoy it, more power to them. But between the premise and the the, and this probably goes with a lot of the talky bits and everything. It almost feels like even though everything got delayed for a year, that this was rushed. Like, they didn't sit down and plan it out well enough. So they had to have all, all those talky bits in there to overcome the the storytelling. Like, we, they're telling, not showing. You know See, what I, th- I mean? I think that comes back to what I was saying earlier, though. I think, ultimately, while, you know, they're trying to make an entertaining six-episode mini or season, whatever you want to call it, uh, I do think their prime objective was to lay the groundwork for things that Mm -hmm. are still to come uh even more so than than wanting this to be entertaining as a standalone uh viewing project and i think as i said i think we're gonna have to give it an incomplete because we have to wait and see what is to come and as tom said is it going to be a clear understandable you know uh menace or whatever you want to call it uh that that we're going to have at that point and you might need all that talky stuff just to kind of get you there to smooth the passageway uh, for the movies that we're going to get this in you know and, and ultimately i think you know those are bigger cash uh producers for the company and they will ultimately have more you know, more at stake to try and make those the thing that people are going to shell out their money to get because the people who are already getting Disney Plus are going to continue to get Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, there's not going to necessarily be a direct cash uh, payout based on this series. Uh, I, I suspect there aren't a lot of people who signed up for Disney Plus because of this series, and there aren't a lot of people who are going to cancel it because of the series either. Uh, you know, we'll move on. The next series they're going to have is What If, and we'll just move on to that. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, to, to hit on one of your other points, I think that the character of Loki in the MCU has been, you know, it has morphed a little bit from what it was uh, presented as in Thor and in the event, first Avengers movie, uh, based upon the popularity of Tom Hiddleston and the portrayal that he's doing. And I think that popularity has led them to want to make him a little bit more of a, uh, I mean, he's an anti-hero to, to, you know, put it in the most positive light, but to make him a character that the, that the people watching will want to root for because he is so popular. Yeah. But 
killing the emperor doesn't wipe away killing all those kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he, he could be, you can try and make him more sympathetic and, and whatnot, but he, as shown in this series, ripped out someone's eyeball and smiled about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe the guy needed LASIK. <laughs> I've seen a live people... action Popeye. Let's be fair. I'll give you your LASIK. I've, I've seen people root for characters that are utterly despicable based upon how they're portrayed as the series goes on. Uh, people rooted for, for Tony Soprano till the very end. People rooted for Walter White, for the most part, throughout most of the seasons of the show, kind of letting it go a little bit at the end and letting him get his just desserts, so to speak. Spoilers, by the way, guys. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know the, the Punisher or, uh, you know, Wolverine or whoever you want to go to, um, I, you know, you, you, pe- people can root for an anti-hero. And, and, and what you said is very true. Killing the Emperor doesn't make up for killing the younglings. But, in, in you know, pe- people are willing to, to forgive a lot more in the cinematic world than they are in the real world. Put it that way. <laughs> true. Yeah, agreed there. We started to talk about it. Who, who was your favorite Loki variant? Is it, are we all are, are we all on alligator Loki or is there anyone else <laughs> that, that that people I, uh, were, were, no, were? It's a it's a toss up between alligator Loki and classic Loki. Yeah, I get a yeah, kick out I, of classic Loki only because he he felt to me like a cosplayer from a comic con. <laughs> yeah, most, most of the most of the the Loki variants to me weren't weren't all that interesting because we don't know enough about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that classic Loki is, is a perfect example of why you can't do a comic character exactly as he appeared in the comics. <laughs> and and I, I'm sure that, I'm sure that this was something that they thought of in, in the design is that, you know, the classic costume thing just doesn't work. Um, and well, to, to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Tom, but they did the same no, thing in vision in WandaVision when they had them uh, at Halloween dressed up in their classic outfits. Yeah, and, and, and work for the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, and that, <laughs> but I do I do think that uh, kind of get, I'm I don't want to get it too far off the subject, but I but I think that that Wanda Wanda and Vision had some of the same problems that the Loki series has, um, you know, and it probably is something that we're going to get used to seeing. Uh, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't have as much of it. But again, you're, you're trying to take something that, uh, is, that, that is new and you're trying to introduce the audience to a bunch of new concepts, which is going to involve a lot of talking. And, and Wanda, you know, WandaVision had a lot of talking too. So, you know, there, there are other similarities too. And maybe that's just part of the, what has become the formula over at Marvel. But I think that they're, you know, the, Having the uh, the variant versions of Loki is, is, was kind of cool, and having the the classic Loki do this heroic thing is kind of out of character for classic Loki, isn't it? I mean, you know, particularly that version of Loki. If they'd had the Simonson version of Loki, Loki I could see him doing it. Um, so, you know, there, there's kind of little problems all the way through like that. I kind of would have liked it if we had like a sniveling classic Loki, similar to the way he was drawn originally in the uh, Thor strip, and mm. uh, Thor book, rather. And then maybe had one with a similar costume, but much more like what the way Kirby was drawing him towards the end of his run, you know, where he was muscular and, and you know, kind of buff. Right. Uh, and, but but the same costume. And I, I think that, <laughs> that might, might have had some, you know, some good comic effect to it if they had done that. Um but I, I, you know, I think that I, I think you could see a lot of similarities with WandaVision and Loki mm-hmm. uh, in that there was a lot of areas where they strayed off of the adventure stories that we're kind of accustomed to at this point. And they did subvert our uh, expectations to an extent. Uh, I, for one, uh, and I think I may be the only one uh, on this call, but I'm not really very well versed in the, uh, the, the, was it the TVA? Uh, I, you know, I, I, I was not really familiar. I wasn't familiar with the character of Mobius. 
so I didn't have anything to compare it to. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, if Owen Wilson did well with that or not. And I guess you guys might be able to give me a better take on that because you are, all, all seem to be more familiar with it than me. Don't look at me. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I'm, I'm completely unfamiliar with what came later after uh, Thor uh, 371 and 372. Uh, I didn't read any of that stuff. Oh, it's been a while since I've I've done that. Yeah, I don't remember I don't remember Mobius at all, really, in the comics. I remember the TVA from Simonson from uh, you know Thor and Fantastic Four, but I don't remember Mobius at all. My understanding is he was introduced in the Simonson run. Uh, I'd have to look to see where. I don't have that. Uh... It, it wasn't in Thor. I can guarantee you that. No. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'll, I'll accept that. And, and if anybody, anybody can tell us uh, where he was introduced, what comics, <laughs> uh, please email in and let us know, or let us know on the Facebook page because I'd be interested in knowing. My uh, my guess would be my guess would be that he was introduced in the uh, when they brought the TVA back, um, because the the initial story, like like I mentioned before, it was kind of just a, a Judge Dread pastiche. So it was kind of a one note character, this Justice Peace who came in. And I know that they later brought him back in some other series, and I think it might have been in Simonson's FF. I'm not absolutely certain about that, though. Well, one thing about Mobius um, that uh, I had myself muted earlier, and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, not, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, so do you guys feel that Mobius either has other – Variants of himself at the TVA he doesn't know about, or I would think it's so. mine because um, oh, I can't remember her name, the head judge, who actually in the comics is Kang's love, Rava, Rava, Renslayer. Yeah, right. yeah, she was introduced yes. in, in the whatever uh, Avengers twenty two or twenty three. Yeah, she's she's the one that's in like limbo. Well, not in limbo. She's like in a, in like a stasis tube, and he's trying to bring her back. Blah blah blah. So, I mean, I think she's going to – I'm sure in this in this t- timeline, because when we see her disappear at the end, she says uh, something like, I'm going to find who makes the rules or who's in charge. So I think she's going to be Kang's, um, you know, Kang's lover. And um, I think she either has other mo- – mo- uh, because the scene where Mobius is, has a drink in her office and he notices the other rings on the table – and she's like, you left them there. He's like, I don't remember leaving them there. So yeah, she that's not... why I thought that, yeah, she has other agents, but they're all Mobius. They're all, yes, which I think if I remember, Mobius was a clone in the FF run, too. That yeah, there was he, multiple. He was introduced multiple in uh, FF 353. He was introduced in Fantastic Four 353, which is June of 1991, uh, in the Marvel database they say the honorable mr mobius and then in quotations moby m mobius (laughs) was originally a member of the time variance authorities junior management and through meticulous attention to detail he was promoted to the position of executive in senior management mobius first encountered the fantastic four when prosecuting them for illegal time use continuity theft and other various charges however the fantastic four were able to escape under his supervision because of the files lost during the Fantastic Four's escape, Mobius was in danger of demotion. He attempted to recapture the Fantastic Four, who helped him demonstrate his value by seeking employment with the Kang dynasty in Chronopolis. Instead of losing his job, Mobius was actually promoted. And then it goes on a little bit more. And they have a, a you know, a, a picture of him. And based upon the way it's drawn, I would just at least this one image that they have here, I would probably cast a younger Dabney Coleman in the role. Hmm. <laughs> like nine to five Dabney Coleman? Yeah, around there. Okay. I'm guessing that that, that, that Dabney Coleman is not available. Well, you know what? Streets of San Francisco. <laughs> streets, streets of San Francisco. Michael Douglas somehow became yeah. available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is true. That's very true. So you never know. Now, how many people here think that um, that we're going to get more of this story in the What If series? 
Not that's sure. probably where the What If series is coming in, is, oh, look, look at all these branches that have now happened. Well, the Watcher's going to, well, you know this, but let's jump over here and see what happened in this timeline and things of that nature. Did you guys catch, I think it's in the first, it's in the first episode or second, where I believe Loki is being brought to the TVA, and way in the background in the same hallway... It looks like Peggy Carter is brought through a portal way in the background. I like didn't around the corner, see it in a hallway. I didn't see that, but I saw it on the you know on, on an internet thing of Easter eggs when they oh. mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is that the Peggy Carter who was with Steve? <laughs> the comments. The comment I also saw was that if anybody. Uh, should be brought in to, for, for violation of time travel rules. It would be Captain America <laughs> for going back in time and living out his life that way. And, you know, if they ever do revisit that character, I've always said they're going to show him on some sort of uh, covert mission where he doesn't reveal his, uh, you know, his, that he's in the reality, but that he's going to be there, you know, making something right behind the scenes. What once went wrong. So in which case he would be, you know, creating time variations. But I guess, you know, the way things are right now, it doesn't really matter because the TVA is in turmoil. And one of the things that I was a little surprised by was that the episode ended with them telling us already that apparently they've been greenlit for season two. Well, that was probably the plan all along. Right. That's yeah. probably most likely why it's only six episodes. It's probably, okay, well, we'll do this now, and then another six over here, but it's all probably funded at once, you know? Well, that that's why I feel this is basically just, a lot of this is just set up for what they want to do down the road. Yeah. And I have no problem with stuff being set up for down the road, but it should also work in and of itself. You know, if yes. you can't, you can't, it can't be so reliant on other things or what's coming after to be considered good or bad. It should be complete in and of itself. And if it ties into other stuff, great. But this just felt like it, like you said, Paul, it's incomplete. I, that's not why I watch things. I watch things for completeness. Oh, no, I, I'm offended by that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, if it's like, let's look at WandaVision. WandaVision isn't a, a perfect series. I enjoyed it, but there were some things and it's like, OK, why'd you do that? But still, the story itself is complete in that series. It's. It ties into stuff from before. It will tie into stuff after, but the the internal story is beginning, middle, and end. Same with with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. You know, you needed Zemo and the Winter Soldier and everyone from Civil War, and then you bought one. You know, you got in. They explained what's going on. Okay. And it's one continuous, complete story. This one wasn't. It, it just had too much reliance on, hey, watch the other stuff later on and then make your decision. Well, I can, I can point to a slight parallel with that. Uh, with Iron Man 2, uh, which was heavily panned when it first came out, or at least that was the impression I got. Uh, and it is looked at a little bit more, a little bit more favorably now, just because so many of the elements in that movie have gone on to uh, have significance in the MCU as it went on. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that you can't look back and say something is better because of it, but still, the the plot of Iron Man Two was completely contained in Iron Man Two. Yes, things like War Machine and everything went off later. But it was still its own. You can you can sit down and watch it on its own, and it's fine. Yes, it was a complete story unto itself. But there was, uh, I, I think people felt it was a little light until they saw how many of the elements of it went on into other movies and 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 went on to become significant as as the series went on. And I I, I think you know 
I think that could help this as well. Right. I could see this, you know, once we've seen uh, Ant-Man's, I don't even know what they call What is it? Something about the, the quantum verse or something like that. Quantum mania. Quantum mania. Once we've seen that and once we've seen uh, the madness of the multiverse and uh, whatever. What was the, uh, the Spider-Man one? It was like no going home uh, or something like that. Who cares? Oh. <laughs> I, do, I think it's yeah. called No Way Home. No Way Home. No Way Home. I've, I've no actually enjoy, I've enjoyed the two Tom Holland movies, so I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Well, I'm not sure, but I anticipate that I will enjoy the third one as well. Um, yeah, I like I like those two. They're they're big dumb fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, once we've seen the three of those and we see, you know, where it's going a little bit, and I I, I assume their their plan is even bigger than that, and we're not going to get the big picture yet. Look how long it looked it took them to get to Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I assume there's there's you know a, a long term plan that's going to take a couple of years to develop. But my thoughts are in the next year or so when we have those three movies, uh, maybe then we'll have a better feeling for, you know, where this is going. And it might make us retroactively look back on this and say, oh, that's what they were doing or that's where they were going. Or that thing that I thought was just kind of an add on or a throw in is now significant. And I think that that could go a long way towards, uh, you know, just just making this series be looked at much more kindly. Right. And I have no problem revising my opinion when presented with new information. Well, one thing we didn't actually say, at least I don't think we did, that when this ends, nobody knows who Loki is in the TVA. They just assume he's an analyst, you know, because Mobius is like, you're an analyst. Wow. You're an (laughs) analyst. Wow. Which which department are you from? Wow. Owen Wilson is always Owen Wilson. There's no I know. I, I just could. I just the whole time I'm watching, I, I just keep hearing, wow, wow. <laughs> and and before this, and before however many series they they do, they have to have him on a jet ski at some point. Well, actually, you know, I, this is something I thought of. You know, my second my second go through is that uh, the. Uh, the vehicle that Justice Peace rode was very much like a jet ski, and I oh. kind of wonder if that was a callback to that. Mm. Good point. Yeah, drinking tab. And yeah. <laughs> and what was what was the uh, monster, for lack of a better word? That uh, was in the four part. It was Aeloth, whatever it was. It was a creature that ate time, if I remember, and it guarded Chronopolis. I think I think it was in the four part the the Kang uh, the Omnimatrix something Chronomatrix. I've is got it, the miniseries. It's been so long since I read it. Is it possible that that's that that creature is going to have much more significance in these upcoming events? Mm. I hope not. <laughs> so you guys didn't think Sylvie was actually the enchantress in disguise, or was that just a red herring by giving her the enchantress's name? I think it was a red herring. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't get the sense that she was ever supposed to be the enchantress. Well, she um, had enchanting powers that she even called them that, but she might be in a, a, like kind of an amalgam version, just to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, to to give us a, a a little taste of the enchantress, but they'll never call her that. Right. Well, we we kind of already had that in Agents of Shield because we had Lorelai appear. The Enchantress's younger sister, yes. Right, exactly. Um, and I just they didn't... watched that about a week ago because I'm doing a watch through. I'm going back and watching all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again. Ah, cool. And, and I think the Enchantress is, is one of those characters that that maybe Marvel, the, the MCU is thinking, oh, we do, we're not going to bring that character in because we already have something similar or or just for no reason, like like the lack of Balder in the MCU. It's just one of right. those things that how how do we fit this character in? And I think that when they when it came to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think that the Lorelei is a much better visual representation that's more striking than the Enchantress. So, you know, you, you, you never know how these uh, TV production companies are going to are going to think when it comes to these characters. So uh, just to go to the Wikipedia page, uh, it, for Sylvie, it says, a variant of Loki who is attacking the sacred timeline and has enchantment powers. 
She does not consider herself to be a Loki, using the name Sylvie as an alias. While Sylvie was inspired by Sylvie Lushton slash Enchantress and Lady Loki from the comics, she's a different person with a different backstory from those characters, as well as Hiddleston's Loki. DiMartino, who is the actor who plays her, said Hiddleston had looked after her and gave her advice on playing the character, while she did her own research and preparation for the role. DiMartino kept her regional accent for Sylvie in order to not sound too posh or too well-spoken to help reflect that life that Sylvie had. Hiddleston felt DiMartino incorporated certain characteristics he uses for Loki to portray Sylvie while still making the character completely her own. Haran believed that Sylvie dealing with her pain put her in a similar headspace as Loki was in Thor, and, and they, they, they mean the first Thor movie. Uh, DiMartino looked to the fight scenes of Atomic Blonde to create Sylvie's fighting style, calling her a street fighter with more of a brawler fighting style compared to Loki's balet balletic style. Interesting. Yeah. So I think I think they've given us uh, kind of a, a, a little bit of a call to the Enchantress and a little bit of a call to Lady Loki, but they're making a totally new character of it. Yeah, and and the the MCU has been doing that all along. I mean, and it, it, so it's not really a big surprise. Uh, yeah, I I thought you know the one thing or one thing I walked away from this with was that uh, you know they they do have the ability now uh, from a storytelling point of view to pretty much revive any character they want. Based mm -hmm. on going to alternate timelines, or yeah. and and it could be a character like they're showing here. It could be the same character, different actor, which is actually how I thought they were going to end End Game. Is like, oh, you know, we undo this and everyone wakes up and oh, Cap, how you doing? And it's a different actor playing Cap. You know, that's Bucky. Well, they can <laughs> they can certainly do that over the course of this leg of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and have, you know, somehow a new actor coming out playing Tony Stark and mm -hmm. a new actor coming out playing Steve Rogers. Chris Evans playing... can play Johnny Storm again. <laughs> <laughs> could be interesting. Mm. But, you know, it, it's, you know, they, they've opened the door to do whatever they wanted as far as that goes. And, and that, what was the, what was the name of the, the, the comic that had, had essentially variants that was jumping to different timelines uh, and correcting things. Exiles. Exiles. Yes, exiles. Yeah. So they, you could even end up with an exile series out of this for the exact same reason. You know? And then they had a counter group that was actually screwing up the timeline at the same time that they would cross paths with every now and then. So wouldn't, uh, the Gamora that, that ended up, that was with them at the end of, uh, of, of end game, wouldn't she also be subject to being pulled as a variant? Mm. Yeah, but they, they seem to pull a lot of Lokis were seem to be the only ones that were in that pruning world. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> is, you know, it's, 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 oh, we're going to get all, all the uh, variants. And you could even say, you know, oh, Loki was the, the prime offender. Uh, but you would think that they'd also, you know, all, all offenders would be subject to being pruned. So, you know, why not Gamora? I would myself. I was kind of hoping to find uh, Carlos's uh, cart on there on the on the planes. Cause, <laughs> cause, yeah, I, th th they they lost an opportunity there to throw that in. But if if everybody that they had uh, pruned ends up in this this space, you would think that there would be more than than a dozen or so Loki's running around. There, there's well, maybe be the Loki's a lot were more the, people. Maybe the Loki's were the only ones that could survive that long. They're, they're the that's ones that's that kind of what they hinted at. the monster. Yeah, yeah, that's what they hinted at, that the monster took out a lot of the variants. Yeah, the, the monster seemed pretty easy to fool. Um, so I was thinking that any, anybody... <laughs> Look of, over there! Of, yeah, re anybody of reasonable intelligence should be able to fool Elias at least a few times. Right. So I guess the real question is, the alligator Loki, will he be voiced by Richard E. Grant or Tom Hiddleston? <laughs> Well, they should hire me to do it. Uh, yeah. Oh, that would be... <laughs> I'm the evil alligator Loki. Evil Loki. 
I really have been hoping that they hire me to do the voice of the Watcher, uh, but uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> any, anything, uh, any thoughts you've had on this one that we haven't hit upon? Oh, uh, we now know who uh, D.B. Cooper was. Yes. Mystery solved. Close your teeth. <laughs> but, and this is another thing with the, the, I don't think they planned it quite out. I mean, D.B. Cooper wasn't super long ago, but in the explanation, Loki says, oh, well, I, I was just young. No, you weren't. No. <laughs> not by a Scardian. No, not even in the slightest were you young. So, I mean, maybe put a little more thought into that. Like, this guy is well, thousands of years old, to, and to this be, happened 60 years ago. Yeah, yeah, to be fair, I've used that excuse for things I did yesterday, so. Good point. Okay. <laughs> and much like yourself, much like myself, Tom, youth youth is not something we have to worry about at this point. That's exactly right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was young and stupid this morning. <laughs> so if, if memory serves me, we, we are virtually the same age within like a day pretty, or two. Of pretty each other. close. I, th I think you're a variant of me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill's, Bill's, been trying to, Bill's been trying to prune me for years. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they call it these days? Oh, my. Uh -huh. Well, Al Al Alvin's always trying to prune me, especially when I get up in the morning. He tries to trip me. <laughs> Gonna get, gonna get this fat bastard one of these days. Whoa! <laughs> so, uh, before we uh, close out on this, uh, I guess anybody, anybody have any final thoughts on the show that they want to share? I did I think it was. Oh, sorry. No, you go uh, ahead. I did think it was interesting how Sylvie hid in disasters where people weren't supposed to sur survive, so she could do things that. They couldn't track her. Like she was just hiding in plain sight, and things, you know. Oh, what in the Roxen Mart? Yes, <laughs> where where like nine hurricanes were gonna hit all in one spot, and once some massive superstorm. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you know he goes to uh, he takes Mobius to uh, Pompeii. He's like, ah, it doesn't matter. I can do anything. <laughs> it's pointless. <laughs> so I mean, there there was, that was some clever. Yeah. Yeah. There was some clever things, but but again, it seemed I wonder if excuse the pun, they could have pruned this down a little and streamlined it a little more. Uh you know, could this have been two movies uh or even one long movie? Uh, yeah, I don't know. But I think it was just went on a little too long. Yeah, I think I think that they're they they had some pacing issues with the story, but at the same time we, we we've touched on it earlier is that they have a lot of new information to introduce setting up the new phase of, of the MCU. And it would be, it's, it, it's easy to say, yeah, they should show it instead of talking about it, but there's, they, they do have a limited budget. They probably only had Tom Hiddleston for a certain amount of time because he's a big movie star now, you know? So th there's a lot of things that they could have done better, but I think they did, adequately well I, I think that there's some some pretty good writing they had some pretty good ideas in here i don't have any complaints particularly with any of the actors any of the acting i thought that that everybody did kind of a stellar job technically um it's just that there there are enough problems with it that it kind of made me go eh, you know um and i i'd like to have higher hopes for loki season two but and the MCU has a way of disappointing me when it comes to things like this. So, yeah, I mean, it's I'll just put it this way. I watched two episodes Monday, three episodes Tuesday and one episode Wednesday. And I never felt like it was a chore. It wasn't, oh, I have to do this. It, they did have enjoyable parts to them. Like you said, Tom, the acting was very good all across the board. It's just it, the the overall package was kind of meh. And yeah, while I didn't dread going to the next episode, I also wasn't like, I have to watch this now. It's just, OK, let me just get get this going. So that's 
that's not exactly a glowing endorsement, but it's also it's not completely horrible either. You know, has, it's, has, it, it's middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. Has anybody else here watched the series twice? No. No. Yeah. I, I, I would recommend that that before the next season comes out that you go back and watch it again. I, I did catch things the second time going through it that I didn't catch the first time. Maybe it's just because I'm slow, but you know, there, there are a lot of Easter eggs and there's a lot of references to, to other things that, that add a little bit of color to it, mm. which is kind of important because they deliberately went for this kind of drab kind of look to everything. And, it, so paying attention to to some of the little grace notes does, I think, add enjoyment to it. And a lot of those I didn't catch the first time through. Did anyone else catch the Gruenwald license plate on the car? Uh, I did not. No, <laughs> yeah, the, I missed it. The uh, the pizza delivery car that they're driving around at the end of time. The I I can't remember what the it's like. Um, G-R-N-W-1-D is the, okay. is the license. Well, I, I saw it as, oh, Mark Gruenwald. Perfect. Excellent use of a theremin in this series. I haven't heard a theremin being used in a score in a long time. Mm. And it makes sense because, I mean, they have that sort of retro design and aesthetic going on in the series. And theremin music kind of fits right in with that sort of mid-century thing. Yeah. Yeah. So as, as my final thought, I'd say that, uh, like I said, I, I'm giving it an incomplete as of now, but for the purposes of this six-episode story arc, I found it generally enjoyable, although there were moments that were plodding and slow. Uh, I, you know, we, we talked about the Kang character and wanting to see where that develops and how that might influence my take on him, because... Uh, Assuming they're going to change his persona as it goes on, I'm kind of happy that they didn't actually name him Kang yet. So, right. you know, I, I feel like let's let's wait on that. Uh, but much like WandaVision and much like Falcon and Winter Soldier, I felt that as the story went on, they did, uh, you know, put themselves in a position where they ramped it up. You had the final episodes, pretty much the last two, uh, where, you know, it was a little bit more action filled than it had been. Uh, before that, uh, I, I do feel like they saved the best for last as far as that goes. And it does have me wanting to see where it's going to go from here. So mm. in that respect, I would I would call it a success. Uh, it was not. You know, if if it if, if it's just by itself and this is all we're going to get, uh, then I would probably consider it a disappointment. But I just because I feel there's more to come. Uh, I'm not really ready to call it that at this point, and I, I can let it sit and wait and see where they're going to bring us from here. Yeah, right now it's a Jaws 3. Oh, wait, sorry, wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyone, anything else? Or are we going to close it out now? All right. Oh, you got some thoughts, Bill? <laughs> no, not not usually. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, Tom and Gene, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you when you're not guesting on here? Well, right now they can't find me anywhere. Um, yeah, because Radio Free Asgard has come to an end. Um, however, um, I do have 10 years worth of back catalog for people to go back and listen to at RadioFreeAsgard.com. And yeah. right now you can hear me doing a whole bunch of voice acting work. Uh and more more stuff on that to come in the future. Uh, but for now, just look up 8TW uh, and on Two True Freaks, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all over the all over the place. And you'll you'll hear me doing everything from a nosy neighbor to a 18 foot tall zombie pirate. Ooh, that's like business as usual. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that sounds like fun. All right. Thanks, guys, for coming on. We appreciate you making the time for us, and it's you know always our pleasure to have you join us. Oh, thank, thank you, you for the invite. And everybody else, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next week. Kapla! Wait, that's not the show. Wrong show, too. <laughs> Damn.
Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Some of us. New worlds meant only one thing, new lands to be conquered. The peace between realities erupted into all-out war. Each variant fighting to preserve their universe and annihilate the others. This is almost the end, ladies and gentlemen, of everything and everyone. And then the timekeepers came along and saved us all. No, (laughs) no, no, this is where we diverge from the dogma.